Why are emotions running so high at these protests? What are they really about? Or not about? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6 during the normal season. But now that football's starting, I'm going to be moving around. Today's show is from 3 to 5, so we'll really have to pack it all in. Uh, after the show today from 5 to 7 is going to be Mark Aram's exclusive look at Mercedes-Benz Stadium inside and out because the stadium opens today and it's an exciting day in Atlanta for that. And then uh, college football season is starting. So next weekend, which is Labor Day weekend, I'm not going to be on Saturday, but I am going to be on Sunday from one to three. So you're going to have to, if you are interested in continuing to hear the show, look around for it on WSB. I'll always post it on my website and um, I'll also put the podcast up so you really don't have to miss anything. That's propagandareportdaily.com. And I was uh, grateful to WSB for continuing to make room for me on the crowded weekends now that football has started. And maybe it was a little self-serving, but I feel like it'll do WSB some good to get uh, some love for the Monica Perez show. So I tweeted out uh, what you like about the show. Tweet at me what you like about the show, or you can call 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez show. But even before I tweeted that, I got a, a tweet. I absolutely made my day. Binkley, my producer Binkley is here, always handy with some tweets. Uh, do you Did you see that that tweet? What was it? I saw it. It's a great tweet. It was from Willie B. He tweeted, got my riding mower gassed and oiled up, got beer in the fridge, smokes are rolled, ready to cut grass and listen to your show, Saturday 3 to 5. <laughs> that is so great. I love that. I like the rolled smokes. Yeah. Thing. And I don't think it's what you think. I, I have a feeling... What, I what do I just, think? He, well, did you not uh, um, make a comment that you thought... What he was rolling was not regular tobacco. <laughs> but I, I like it that he's got tobacco. Don't you think that if he was rolling something other than regular tobacco five minutes into my show, he'd be hiding under the porch, afraid of the black Freaking out, yeah. <laughs> I do get that comment once in a while that the show uh, intrigues, but also panics people. <laughs> so I'm going to try not to do that. I don't actually go for That's the funny part, is that some people are shocked, talks, whatever they like to go for the... For the uh, most shocking, scariest things, I don't like. I I scare myself. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> but just saying what I think is really going on. But this is it. Is we are ushering in some good, uh, fun, some good entertainment tonight. So my show is over a little early tonight, but that's okay because I'm going to go to a watching party for the McGregor Mayweather fight. Mm. I know that's going to be, I mean, you know, with these guys who are just so polished, like Mayweather, I feel like you're always kind of disappointed. Although I think Pacquiao could have beat him and pulled his punches. Right. So I don't know. Say that again. Calling an upset. Are you really calling it upset? Just based on, on political metaphor. Based on the fact that I think they want to cash in another hundred million for the rematch. Well, that's what I was thinking about Pacquiao. But I will say, not to get too into the boxing, but my family's I, my family goes way back in uh, 
boxing. I was raised on it, and I'm actually going to go to the Triple G Canelo fight on September 16th. So I'll have actually no show that weekend. But I think boxing fans will agree that I made the right call having the opportunity to go see it because that, I think, is going to be a, a fantastic fight. So we'll see. But um, no time for fun. We've got something very <laughs> serious on our hands. I'll try to make it fun for Willie B on his mower, but I am, it is, I'm dead serious about this. The, these protests have been driving me crazy because, and it's the same thing with our politics in general, has been really divisive and polarizing, super high with emotional content, higher than ever, yet the actual content seems quite low, like amazingly low, and I'm beginning to piece together that that's no coincidence that the reason they're doing, they, they meaning the people who foment this, which is, I, I hopefully I'll get into a little of the what goes into the sausage later. Um, there are some smoking guns that a lot of these narratives are set up. But uh, let's just set that aside for a second. I think the reason that they are set up this way, that I think there's been a 30-year push in this country to to transform our uh, or to, to harness our energy, kind of like martial arts, you use the guy's own energy against them, to transform us into having any kind of universally shared values, concepts of liberty and justice for all, of right and wrong, all the things that could keep us together. And I would say the focus on left or right could still be uh, to end the Fed or end the wars, that the military-industrial complex is, is obviously not designed to benefit we the people. We could unite behind that. And because we could, I think the powers that be realize they have to kind of um, root out those real fundamental values, and they replaced them or, or have been in the process of replacing them with identity, with shallow, superficial, uh, just... You can look at someone and see they're not one of you, and and they uh, basically, I feel like colleges, universities are, are are incubators where they they implant triggers in you where you just someone says the wrong word and you your emotions are triggered so that you can have this kind of divisiveness. You can redirect your political energy at each other for no real goal and in place of what could be real, uh, this, like some of these objections. But I feel like these protests specifically are for uh, a few reasons in the here and now. One, the major overarching thing I see coming is this uh, idea that we have to regulate Internet speech in order to protect free speech, in order to be fair. And I started the show last week talking about this, about a, I read a quote of a guy, Matthew Prince, who is a founder of Cloudflare, who was instrumental in bringing down the Daily Stormer website. This guy has a fishy backstory, I discovered, so I don't think I was wrong in thinking that he was teeing this conversation up for a purpose. And coincidentally, he ended up having an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal this week that said basically the same thing. And his quote, which said more or less, Please stop me. I should not be trusted with censoring the inter internet. Somebody needs to step in, you know, help me. And the Huffington Post on the left and the National Review on the right both picked up on this and both had the same solution 
the argument from National Review was that uh, because the right is being targeted, that we need Congress, a Republican Congress, to step in. And on the left, they said, uh, it's the right today, but it'll be the left tomorrow. And by coincidence, this week, uh, the article that I saw uh, in the Wall Street Journal was about a a judge who is allowing prosecutors to access information kind of broadly on a web server for the protests, uh, organizing the protests again at the inauguration. So now it's the left under fire. But last week it was the right under fire. And uh, we actually had quite a few of our, we when we post this show, or um, podcasts that we do on Propaganda Report Daily. We also post them on YouTube, and and ads will run in the beginning. And those ads were taken down and uh, and not permitted. Now, these are shows, some of these shows are aired on WSB. So kudos to WSB. They do not uh, have a problem with stuff, but but just words trigger YouTube. So Binkley, so, th- so the, this week was the left. Last week was the right. All at once last week, a bunch of our YouTube videos were demonetized, correct? Yeah, about 36 of them at one time. Gosh, that's crazy. So we have a little less time than I thought. So tell me maybe three that were demonetized last week. And I loved the one that the maybe the only one that was not demonetized. Tell me the titles. And I assume it's just the text, the titles that trigger the censorship. They're not listening to them. Well, actually, they have title. They have a advanced bots, and they have groups like the ACLU that are identifying oh, so pages. Oh, human beings. Right. Yeah. Okay. So give me maybe a few titles, and then I want to hear the one that did not. The resistance movement is radicalizing progressives. Everything wrong with Obamacare, and why Republicans don't want to repeal it. Trust us, we're the mainstream media. Wow, so they get sarcasm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's really crazy. Yeah. However, the one that you posted, uh, which was again, you know, a little bit sarcastic. They, I guess they didn't catch that. What was this one that got made it through the censors? The only one that's made it through the censors over the course of the past two weeks is one titled "Unfit, Unstable, Unhinged." Nice. And we were just quoting the media. Yeah. Saying all this crazy stuff about Trump. That's really funny. Well, we've got lots more uh, of this left and right and how it's being used to uh, to what ushers in. Uh, I think it's going to be used to usher in some kind of omnibus regulation bill called the First Amendment Protection Act or something like that. That's what I see coming, and I think it's going to have a lot of elements to it. The First Amendment is is robust. It's media. I, I might just tick off each element there, but other other amendments are in the crosshairs. But I think the First Amendment is the thing, is the uh, the target du jour. So we're going to talk more about that and take your calls 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. It's a man a Monica man Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Partly cloudy tomorrow, high of 84 in the forecast. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And uh, I opened the show. It's so important, I think, to not let your... um, Not let your thoughts get drowned out by the noise on the 24-7 news cycle that talks only about... 
the histrionics or the the gas canister throwing, which some of the protesters were throwing with gas masks on, which was weird to me, talking about the one in um, Phoenix. Uh, but I... I think that that stuff is is truly like a magician's redirection. It's like smoke and mirrors from what's really going on underneath it all, which is the policy agenda this stuff is serving. And I feel like the left and the right, not really the grassroots people, but the the mouthpieces, the media self-proclaimed representatives of the people on the left and the right, which I don't think they actually are, uh, are going to call for um, from the top a regulation of internet speech and they're and they are already saying it's in the name of protecting free speech so i want to talk about that i want to talk about the first amendment under fire 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk you could tweet at me at monica perez show i'm going to david and tucker david you're on with monica hi i was wondering uh, if you could respond to a quote by bill mars first time generally don't uh go along with but uh, last week, he was saying that I thought the the left used to protect individual rights, but now they protect individual emotions instead. Basically, the the right to be offended is no longer a right. Uh, it appears that uh, well, now we have Columbus statues being uh, vandalized, and uh, you know what is the when does it stop? Because if it offends someone, well, everything offends somebody. That's funny that you should mention that. I didn't know he said it, but last week in my show, I said that what these people are fighting for is for their feelings to be protected. And I'll tell you, there was always in my mind a a, a conflict, a, a fundamental conflict on the left when they proclaimed to defend civil liberties, uh, but also wanted to to have collective action and the perfect example like where it really clashed was you can't it's easy to argue against legalizing pot if you have socialized medicine or legalizing drugs in general uh i mean it got to the point where bloomberg cited socialized medicine as the reason he had the right to ban sugary drinks in new york so i don't think you can have a protection of individual liberties in 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 the same value system as socialism but uh uh, I, I also, but I want to touch on the the where does it end thing, because I've been giving this a lot of thought. And if you take it to the extreme and you eliminated all, all monuments, all, you don't even name things after politicians, anything that has a government actor uh, being lionized uh, or even a public property tax money being paid to erect a symbol then you know what if you eliminate all of that and there's a void that the government is not responsible for telling us our history for writing our history for crafting the narrative then there's a void and people either ignore it and don't care or they seek it out so then history is a pull not not a push but a pull and then people will start to try to figure it out so it's my opinion that having uh, a copy of the Jefferson Adams letters on your bedside table is much more important than having statues of Jefferson and Adams in D.C. 
and and actually Jefferson said the man who reads nothing but new the man who reads nothing at all is better educated than the man who reads nothing but newspapers. So maybe the void would even be better. Uh, we can talk about that. I know that's a deep thought, controversial. Uh, and I also want to get to Fred has a great uh, comment. He says government cannot be trusted to be an honest broker. Fred, I want to talk to you next because I think that is the heart of the matter. 800 WSB Talk. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Because this would truly be both an adventure and a learning experience. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB. Normally, Saturdays 3 to 6 during football season, I am going to be moving around like crazy. So I highly recommend... You sign up for PropagandaReportDaily.com or MonicaPerezShow.com, and you will get an email telling you when my show is going to be on on the weekends. I'm going this this week until 5, and then there's going to be a great special, Mark Aram, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Inside and Out, because today is the day Mercedes-Benz Stadium opens. And also, uh, next week, I am going to be on, it's Labor Day weekend, I'm going to be on Sunday, 1 to 3, next week. So if you if you missed the show, no big whoop, we put it up uh, commercial-free podcast on PropagandaReportDaily.com. So that should be all good. Uh, but as this is kind of my last regular season show, I wanted to make sure we didn't spend too much time on the real fluffy stuff. I think the most important thing that's happening right now is the First Amendment uh, under fire. I think that's what these protests are about. When Charlottesville was unfolding uh, during a show I had a couple of weeks ago, I immediately identified it was for the left and right to cry out for the government to step in. And I also identified that Internet censorship is the number one uh, target right now. That's what they're after. But the entire First Amendment is under attack. Uh, There was another, Binkley, do you um, have a tweet by Ginny? There was another, in my opinion... And she identified it uh, quite well. Uh, Another goal here for the protest to serve as far as ushering in the police state, ushering in the totalitarian state. Um, I mean, people think this is about race and identity. And I just I laugh because we are going to look back and think, you know, see what a... um, what a manipulation, what a bait and switch the identity politics all were when we live in a police state. You know, we won't have any racial discord, but we'll be in a totalitarian dictatorship that this stuff is ushering in. So we're going to, you know, it'll unite us too late and then see, oh my gosh, we were always on the same side and uh, and they, they set us at each other so we wouldn't see what they were doing. And one of the things they're doing is uh, demanding that Congress regulate how the internet how private, quote, private companies who uh, were picked and chosen by grants and programs often run by directly by the federal government, if not through university programs funded by the federal government or the Department of Defense. I mean, it's I don't even categorize these winners as uh, as private companies for the purposes of this uh 
anyway. I think they're really fronts <laughs> for government censorship. But um, they there is one other uh, one other goal here that that w- that I think Ginny points out in her tweet. What is it, Binkley? She tweeted that people are angry that. Phoenix was harder on the counter-protesters than Virginia was, so I'm seeing a call for standardizing policing. Could be the goal. Yes. So I noticed that uh, a long time ago, I should say, identified, like with the highway funding, that's how they got every single state to have the same drinking age. So they can federalize laws, effectively federalize them, just by making sure it's the same everywhere. And if they can standardize policing and then practice those, those uh, police, uh, police forces can practice with you know, the National Guard or a federal point, like Binkley, you pointed out all this stuff with the Vigilant Guard. When I-85 collapsed that same week, they were doing all sorts of like uh, crisis practices. They would actually create crises and then practice how to, operate within how the police the local police and the federal police were interacting right working together yeah overstressed the system so they had to call in federal resources yeah so it so what's uh, so that's the way to integrate law enforcement vertically but horizontally if they need to have a blue wall for a universal uprising it's good if they all have the same rules already in place all the same equipment all the same protocols and then they can just lock together like a modular thing like that's what i've been afraid of all the time and a, a, another way that another example of how they just effectively do it by dropping in parachuting into each state is how they want to reform the elections why is the, why did trump pass an executive order on election reform Elections are strictly state. If the state wants to squander its votes on poor election protocol, that's their business. You know, it's no it's no business for the federal government, but they'll come up with model laws and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I feel like Ginny makes a great point in that it was it was quite obvious that there was a totally different treatment in Charlottesville as in Virginia. Um, I mean, as in Phoenix, and that was not for nothing. It's never for nothing, these these glaring things. So anyway, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Fred, thanks for holding on. Fred, you are on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Fred Britton. I'm a retired Army colonel, 29 years of service in the Army as a, a professional intelligence officer. I sincerely appreciate your program. And uh, kind of your point of view is kind of uh, me personally and politically, I've evolved, if you will, to concerns after I got to look behind the Iron Curtain there and see what's going on in the government with a top secret SCI clearance for 29 years. Did you hear my show last week? I said that the guys who see behind the curtain are the guys who really know what's going on. They're, that's why they're afraid yeah, of it. I signed a non-disclosure when I retired six or seven years ago, and I had to be very careful because my two adult sons are career intelligence officers in the Army also. Uh, so I've got to be careful. I'm one of those nerds that said, well, I wouldn't disclose classified information. I don't. And as a career intelligence officer, when we were young officers, I got commissioned. I grew up in Long Island, New York, kind of your stomping ground. Dad was a 40-year police officer. And when we were told to do things, we followed that guidance. So we didn't. We were taught to be apolitical as young officers in the Army, especially intelligence officers, because 
it was important to protect the, the rights of both Democrats, Republicans, and we never wanted to project an impression that if you weren't politically in line with us personally, you wouldn't get the protections of the Constitution. So we were very, kind of very, very apolitical as military officers. We were discouraged not only because of the Hatch Act and other things from uh, even revealing what our political, personal political beliefs are so we could protect all of our U.S. citizens. Well, I don't want to hear the classified stuff because I think their intentions and their tactics are are manifest. You can see it. But I am interested in a nutshell in your, like right now, what you think is the true state of the world or the real goal. I'm not self-promoting. Let me give you another piece. You got a piece of my family. I married a woman that I met in St. John's University in New York 35 years ago, 33 years ago, she's Ukrainian, and she came out from underneath the Iron Curtain of the Soviet Union, and we're both Catholic, and she grew up with the churches chained, and she firsthand witnessed what it's like to have First Amendments taken away and the ability to worship and all that, and that gave me a unique perspective uh, as I was an adult raising a family and as a military officer. Uh, the horrors of putting the government in charge is unbelievable. Your comments kind of set up my comments about atoms on your nightstand and all that, because, they, you know, i got to be careful here, but, um, you know, it, it, I will say as my career started in 1983 in the Army as an intelligence officer, and I retired in 2010, what I saw first in the civil servants that worked in the intelligence communities and some contractors, some disturbing signs where they were politicized. And so they would release, leak stuff to the, uh, to the news and to the media to slant things in a certain way. And I Always to the left or to the right? Was there a pattern? Sit down and be quiet because some of these civil servants were the equivalent of general officers. So we saw the politicization of intelligence uh, first by the civil servants in the late 90s, early 2000s. Was it left or right, Fred? You got to uh, wrap President it up. President Obama's presidency. Was it left or right? At the Pentagon level. I was stationed at the Pentagon. I was stationed at Defense Intelligence Agency at Boeing Air Force Base. Uh, Fred, you got to get to the point. The CIA, etc. And the civilians were the first ones to be politicized, especially over at the CIA. Were they on the left or the right? Heavy on the left. Heavy on the left. And do you think that we are are currently getting our... Do you think that the First Amendment, pulling back on the First Amendment, is a conscious goal of some of these people who want more power at the top? Yes, but it depends on, you know, kind of what baseball game we're playing. So now that the quote-unquote establishment of Republicans and are on the right are in charge, they want to shut down... First Amendment rights to forward their political agenda. Hence, you had a tremendous number of left-hitting, and I'm sorry to say it like this, I don't mean to insult people of the Democratic or liberal persuasion, but heavy from that side are in the civil servant positions throughout the Pentagon, throughout CIA, DIA, uh, and the goal was to have those civilian positions so the uniform wearers like myself, when wars spun up around the world, we could be deployed and you would have a skeleton crew back at these agencies to hold down the fort while we went out to the war zone. It, does that make sense? 
kind of. I feel like it's a little. Um, it's hard for people to really. Uh, it's hard for me to get uh, at the point of what you're saying to what we should be worried about, what we're seeing right now. In the the First Amendment. You're all over it, Monica, and you need to continue to discuss this. So I grew up in a very traditional conservative. Uh, Republican voting uh, person, and I evolved over time when I saw the politicization of the intelligence. All of a sudden, it wasn't being used to protect our country. Okay, all right, I got it. So this kind of goes, in my opinion, to um, the previous call, which was it's the left used to you they used to think anyway that they were protecting our civil liberties, but. They, but really true to form, the history of the left, the real, uh, certainly the kind of Marx-Leninist kind of history of the left is not about individual freedom at all on any level. It's really about collectivism. And so there you have a, a consistent ideology. On the right, we were uh, individualists. I say we on the right, I'm a libertarian. So a lot of people don't consider me on the right. Some people think I'm far, you know, further right than Republicans. But the underlying cause there was always individualism, uh, individual rights, the Bill of Rights, which is why I think that it's kind of a plot to transform what was a grassroots kind of liberty movement, the Tea Party, the Freedom Caucus, into this popularism, populism, where uh, Trump just said it in one of his speeches this week. Every American has the right for the government to work for him or her. And and get them what they want. <laughs> you know, that's not it at all. It's a mutual defense pact is what, in my opinion, the federal government is as an individualist. But that concept, that value system is uh, is fading into obscurity. I want to get to James. I got to take a quick break, James. Sorry, not too long. He wants to talk about uh, get back to talking about the protests and the president. So we can do that. Call me at 800 WSB talk or tweet at me at Monica Perez show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 86 the high today, 67 the low overnight. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. At the top of the hour, I'm going to play for you a clip of uh, Dr. Mitchell, who recently settled out of court with some former Gitmo detainees who were never charged with anything, but he tortured them. And I remember back in the day, and and this is he's going to when you hear a guy like that talking you got to worry because he was a big guy in the u.s government he just wrote a book enhanced interrogation and and when you hear the clip you're going to see what i mean like you got to worry a little bit where this stuff is headed what they're you know never let a good crisis go to waste um but i used to not worry too much about that stuff get you know they're not americans even though our rights are god-given but as things get worse i realize that the la- the one thing you really cannot have is to hold people and torture them for information who are never uh, charged with a crime and um, or not like officially prisoners of war under the Geneva Convention or whatever, which would forbid that as well. Because if if the First Amendment and freedom of speech are in the crosshairs, 
then and and this kind of due process, which is the Fifth Amendment, I understand they're not covered by that, but for us, if that stuff is not, if due process is not respected, I mean, you can have a situation where they gather people up and you kind of disappear for a while or indefinitely and don't immediately get this, you know, be able to get a lawyer right away, communicate with the outside world is absolutely vital. So this guy scares me. You'll hear more from him after my next break. I'm going to James in Atlanta. Hi, James. You're on with Monica. James. How you doing, Monica? Hey, sorry. How you doing? Hello? Talk to me. You're on the air. Okay. Yes. Now, the the country, Monica, is set up from the beginning since this country was founded on crisis, wars, and boogeymans. That's how this country operates. The United States has always need a boogeyman. You need a you need you need a boogeyman for it to to operate. Whether it's the Nazis, whether it's Russia, whether it's the Cold War, whether it's the Native Americans, whether it's the, uh, black people, whether it's, whatever we need some type of crisis, some type of boogeyman to be afraid of, so the government can come in and 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 and, and do their and regulate and 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 control you from cradle to grave. See, they need some type of excuse, whether it's, whether it comes naturally or they create the crisis. I agree with you. Whether it's nine eleven, whether you know we got to create this because we got the terrorists, you know we got the got the Cold War. And James, we have to be the, afraid the, of Russia, uh, I'll let you finish, Putin, Gorbachev, you know. It, it's One all, thing is that, like, I, I noticed that they they're nowadays they're just all lunatics, like Iran and North Korea. You can't actually, it's not permitted to have a conversation about why would North Korea just shoot a nuclear warhead onto American territory. The answer has to be because he is a nut job and we need to police the world. Otherwise, you can actually have a conversation about the merits. So I think it's really devolved into something um, true, just pure emotionalism, totally irrational. Sorry to interrupt you. Keep talking. Hello? Yeah, you're back. Sorry. I muted you yeah. because I wanted to say something, and I have a mute button. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, what, <laughs> you don't. What it's, the, it's the same guy, Monica. Uh, Kim Jong-il is the same guy as Muammar Gaddafi. It's the same guy as Gorbachev. It's the same guy as Arafat. It's the same guy. They're all, they're all a Hitler. They're all the same guy. And it's all us versus them, and they're evil, and they're bad. Just the same guy. Muammar Gaddafi is the same guy as Kim Jong-il. Kim Jong Il is the same guy as Gorbachev, Khrushchev. Uh, I mean, they're all. Uh, 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 what, uh, what's the guy? I'm, for, I'm forgetting his name in uh, in Cuba. Uh, uh, Castro. Uh, Castro. They're all the same. Castro yeah. is the same guy as Kim Jong Il. Il. All throughout history, it's been the same guy. I bet I you could actually find. People not notice that. Yeah. It's the same guy. It's the same. It's just different countries. The same guy. They're all evil. We have to do this. We. It's, it's all a bunch of bull crap. It's all. All right, it's so give all, me your last word on it before I go to a break. Last word. What's the takeaway? It, 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 it's all it's all set up to control you from cradle to grave. It's all a deception. It, yeah, that is true. And I, I do have to <laughs> go to break. I'm sorry to cut you off. Um, yes, it is. I agree. It's a deception to get you to control. If you want to hang on, James, I'll let you keep talking after the break. Um, I agree with you. It is a uh, a deception, and I think these guys are, whether they're good or bad, right or wrong, I bet you could find parallel language for every one of them. Give me a call, 800-WSB-TALK, or tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.